This is the Box Gathering Podcast. We take a deeper look into how learning affects boxing development and how our understanding of this as coaches can make a greater impact on performance. Catch up with us at www.theboxgathering.co.uk. The Box Gathering. Connect, share, grow. Okay, so rolling on with the condition spars. Um, did another session today at Dice. So today is Friday, what's that, Friday the 5th? Uh, at fireworks night um, and did another session with dice but wanted to approach things slightly different way with the condition spars today so firstly I wanted to start with pads <clears throat> and um, if any of you have listened to my previous podcast about pads um, I think in some ways actually they're a little bit perhaps overrated in some certain scenarios in terms of what we think we get from them uh, in terms of skill acquisition uh, maybe right maybe wrong um, but this is my kind of like um, thoughts in terms of pads. So when we are doing pads, people are throwing the shots and it's almost an agreed shot that they're going to they're gonna be told what to do by the coach and they're going to land it. So it's a very much an action potential thing rather than a, a perception and action. So the perception part gets taken away. And obviously I don't want to go too much into that because I've already spoken about that within, um, uh, within that podcast. So the perception part goes. right. So what I wanted to look at today was creating... Uh, more realism, more representativeness of what the sport looks like if we are doing pads. So trying to make pads a bit more valuable rather than technically based and a bit more skills based. So there's a bit more of a transfer of skill in the pads. So very simply, we had um, eight boxers um, in a in a PM period, a PM session on Friday. Got my year twos and had eight of them there. And what we're doing is we're getting them to pair up, of course, and full gear on full sparring gear so i was asking them to pad each other first the only rule was the coach had to always move the coach was basically putting a pad up first and they had to try and score score a shot single shot on the pad pad was was almost like it was made of glass and they had to protect it like it was made of glass so they were moving their feet and they're moving the trunk not letting them hit it they obviously weren't pulling the hand away because if you do that then they're never going to land the punch um so they were doing that, trying to find as many different ways. But of course, it's all about moving the feet into range um, or um, <clears throat> or moving the trunk, whatever you need to do to hit the shot. Then we moved it into two shots. So two shots and try and find as many different ways. So the coach would put up their pads. They keep moving their feet. So although the, the target is there, they had to work out how to throw the shot, um, but also had to move their feet all the time. Now, I'm not a big one for, for partner pads um, because I think with partner pads, you fall to the level of how good the coach actually is or maybe not so much how good the coach is or boxer is more on the level of how well they move is the movement the boxer doing representative and actually going to make them more skillful and usually it's no because two things either happen they either stand still or they stand still move and then stand still again so they're just doing the same thing but in a different part of the ring but actually they're throwing the punch stood still so they're not punching on the move they're punching and they're, they're punching and then moving but not punching on the move all right big, big difference so just to get that level of representativeness and a bit of variability and a bit more uh, a bit more of a uh, a stretch for the boxes so then i asked the boxers okay so one question if you were to do this for a month so if you were to do just this drill or exercise exchange, whatever you want to call it, for a month, what does the boxer now look like after a month? How good are we? What have we developed? So they got in their groups. So I split them into two groups of four. Um, 
and asked them what that was. So they spent, they spent about a minute chatting and came back to me and said, okay. So what they thought would be good is they were, they'd be missing less because they're actually punching on the move. Um, but one of the main things that they said was that they would be probably getting caught a lot more because they were throwing shots and being successful, but lots, but nothing's coming the back of them. So actually, it's kind of a, it's kind of fool's gold in a way. Although they're learning to move their feet and punch on the move, they really would have got caught if someone else was throwing them. So we thought, okay, well we need to make this a spar now, basically. So we need to start sparring now. Okay, so the rule that I put in place was that as the coach, as the boxer is padding they can still throw back and try and catch them on the forehead, for example. So they know that if they actually catch their opponent, what would happen is you then swap roles. So the boxer's role was to stay punching, stay throwing those two shots for as long as possible without getting caught. If they got caught, they had to change roles. The boxer becomes the coach, the coach becomes the boxer. So you're then just kind of dialing across their levels of attention to, I've got to defend as well. So I think with that, it brought up the level of representativeness, in other words, what it's going to look like in reality, it brought that up. So transfer hopefully started coming up. And what happened is, I noticed, it started getting a lot more messy, right? And I don't think messy's, messy sounds like a bad word. I think it's a bad word if there's very low success, um, but in this case, still quite a high level, in fact, a very high level of success, um, but the boxes were still missing, and occasionally getting caught. So, so what I thought, actually, that's a good thing. So now it's obviously quite representative. So now it's about strategizing how you're going to stop getting caught um, and how you're going to actually make sure your feet are, are, are in place so you can land the shots. So it starts feeling a lot more representative, like I say. But also, you don't have a, a passive partner anymore who's just doing pads for you and it'll kind of waste of time. You know, 50% of the time they're working, 50% they're not. So that person's actually looking, yes, they're padding you, but they're also looking at when they can land a shot against you as well. So they're thinking about the perfect time when that boxer might have switched off. Now, it might be on entry, the boxer's coming in to throw the shots, so they pull the pads away and then they hit them. It might be during the execution phase or it could be during the exit phase. So there's those kind of three parts there, or a or fourth part, if you will, the transition between it all. So... The, bo- the, the, the originally passive boxer when they were doing the pads and they weren't doing anything is now looking to try and score that shot. And they want to score that shot because if they score that shot, it means they swap and then become the boxer. So there's kind of an added motivation there for them to switch on and try and land the shots. So the pads they were putting up in some ways were, were kind of irrelevant because I wanted the boxer to work out what two shots or three as we progressed it to origin later on um, what they would throw. So the onus became on the decision maker, which was the the boxer. But the pressure got ramped up because they know that they had to be defensively switched on uh, and then the shots. Whereas originally in the first one, where there's no shots coming back, and they were they would have got caught and it became fool's gold, like I say. So when we moved it on to three shots, what started happening is I asked the boxers afterwards, where were you most successful in landing your shots? And they said, pretty much always landed the first one. Second one sometimes, but the third one we got very difficult because the uh, the coach then learned when they're throwing the shots to move away. The third one got very, very difficult to land, which is, again, for me, is great because 
We all know landing three shots and that third shot can be very difficult because the boxer does move. They move the trunk, they move the feet, or they throw back. Um, and the whole system becomes a lot more unstable and a lot more harder to guarantee you're going to land that shot. So between that kind of second and third shot, the boxers were learning not just to go one, two, left hook or whatever the, whatever the combination might be, but to throw the shots and then be ready to adjust their feet because they almost predicting the boxer is going to move. So it's not just joining this kind of stable three punch combination up and hoping it's going to land. It's that adaptability between the punches that the boxer needs to do because it's going to be unstable. They're going to actually have to learn to uh, adjust to what's in front of them rather than um, it being very, very stable and predictable and just go bang, bang, bang and all three shots land. So, um, yeah, so there we go. So that's just another sort of chat along what we've been doing today um, and, and playing around with that area but also making sure I'm always getting feedback in terms of well, what are you expecting where are your problems how are you going to deal with those problems you know I don't have the answers to this it's always about actually trying to find out what they see what are the issues and then having that sort of peer conversation around it um, I've often got an answer in my head as to what it might look like in terms of success but I've just kind of been looking at the problem setting part rather than the problem solving. So in other words, rather than going, this is what I think excellence will look like, go and achieve that. It's more along the lines of you try it out, you see what the problems are, show me how you're going to reach that solution, prob that problem, how you're going to deal with that problem and find solutions and new movement solutions to actually this. Because it happens all the time, doesn't it, guys? You see in combination, the boxer will throw one, two left hook and that left hook never lands because they've not moved their feet in, you know, they've, they've thrown it and they're so used to going pop, pop, pop on the pads with the coach actually not unstabilizing it and not moving their feet and making it representative. So just looking at that and I was watching it and it was very messy, but again, messy is good for me. And it's just trying to almost convince the, not convince the boxers, but getting that buy-in that messy is a good thing. And I want them kind of pitching in around at about a six or a seven in terms of how successful they are, six or seven. So it's a, for me, it's a good challenge point for them. They're getting success, but they're not getting too much success. Is they're getting too much success? Well, how much valuable? How much value is it? Fool's gold. If they're getting no success because they're missing everything and getting pinged, one, it's dangerous, and, and two, they're not going to have any confidence to to, um, to stick with it and develop it. So just trying to find that challenge point, and I, I found that giving them the autonomy to sort of decide how to do it and to discuss how they would get there, and the boxers choosing their own pads to try and perturb is the word they use now in, in skill acquisition, but trying to destabilize the boxer so they have to come up with the, the answers. That's what I found um, in today's practice. So there we go. That's what's that? That's the third one in condition spars. Um, as you know, this really, really interests me. Um, I think it's a great area that we need to look into a lot more deeper and, you know, we're never going to get it nearly right because there's just a billion things that could change so many variables. So that's why I think it's so interesting. So there we go. Another rant stuck just outside the Amex, outside Brighton and Hove Football Club. Uh, so I thought I'd have another chat. Cheers, guys. Everyone have a great weekend. And if you're around a bonfire, don't wear a shell suit. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. If you liked this podcast, similar content and discussions can be found at The Box Gathering. The Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join 
and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.co.uk